Just a heads up, Amanda mentions having suicidal thoughts in this episode. It might not be suitable listening for everyone. If you or someone you know is affected by the stuff Amanda talks about, then you can get help in the UK by visiting samaritans.org. Before we crack on, I've got a question for you. If you're buying something online, do you check the reviews? Of course you do. We all do. But what if the reviews are fake? Well, that's exactly what happened to Toma Tagrin when he bought a camera based on shoddy reviews. He got stitched up with a bad product, so decided to do something about it, launching Yotpo. Yotpo makes it easy to get verified reviews from your customers and then display them on your e-commerce site and across your marketing. This is important because 10 reviews can uplift conversion by 53%, but 100 reviews, well, that can more than double conversion. It's big numbers. Yotpo helps customers trust you enough to buy from you, and it's even more valuable you keep those customers coming back, which is why they also have loyalty and SMS features to help your retention. So, if you're in e-commerce and want more revenue, check out yotpo.com secret. That's yotpo.com secret. Now, onto the show. God, it was just so much. It was not being honest to myself, not paying enough attention to the detail, bringing the wrong people into the business, mixing family and business was one of the huge kind of tipping points. So much, but I honestly can't blame it on anyone apart from me. It was just a huge learning curve. That's Amanda Perry, a serial entrepreneur and founder of digital marketing outfit Soup Agency who help D2C and e-commerce founders build great businesses. But her first business wasn't an agency. It was all about baking, and it turned out to be a not-so-great business. From Secret Leaders, I'm Dan Murray-Serta, and this is our bite-sized series dedicated to failure. Failure is far more common and interesting than success. You learn so much more from it. I know I have, and I failed a bunch of times, but it's hardly ever talked about. We want to change that with the help of founders like Amanda who are sharing their toughest moments and what they've taken from them. Amanda founded Fancy in 2008, growing the D2C baking company from her kitchen to a thriving company with three shops and a commercial bakery. But by 2014, the company had collapsed and Amanda was filing for bankruptcy. So what went wrong? How did it get to that point? Complacency is the wrong word, but I think because in the beginning it was it was just so easy. I was like, my God, this is what, what's everyone talking about? Business is hard. Like I'm just making cakes and people are buying them and everyone loves it and I'm in vogue and you know Channel Four are approaching me and all this stuff and then it just kind of ground to a halt. I can't say there was any one thing. It was just a series of lack of attention to detail. So thinking about how it felt was, I definitely wasn't mentally solid or stable. I think, you know, I'm one of those people, it doesn't take much to affect me. I'm fairly resilient. I think I'm quite resilient and more so since that happened. But certainly there was a lot coming at me from all different directions and I was really having to... I remember at the time I was just like, my mantra was just one foot in front of the other, just keep going, just one foot in front of the other. And that alongside the, as soon as we get here, we'll be okay. As soon as we get around this corner, we'll be okay. I kind of wasn't present. I was just going through the motions in the belief or the 
false hope, I guess, that once we hit that point, we'd be okay. Once I'd gone through the bankruptcy, that was the strangest feeling because there'd just been this chaos around me. And then it was almost in an afternoon, like in a day, it went from absolute chaos because we sold the assets, we sold everything in the in the business. And so it went from me being surrounded by chaos and all this hassle to kind of silence. Like in that afternoon, we went to the cinema, <laughs> which is so weird now because I think, I don't, I don't even remember the film we watched. I think I just needed to be somewhere that, you know, with my phone switched off and I, that I just could focus on something. Last year, over four and a half thousand people filed for bankruptcy in the UK. Yet it's something that most people, myself included, know very little about. But one thing I do know is the risk of bankruptcy and why you should set up a limited company as a founder so that you're not personally liable for your company's debts. That was one of Amanda's big learnings from this whole experience. She didn't know about personal liability. I mean, she didn't know about much. This was her first business and she didn't have anyone to guide her. Unfortunately, things were spiralling. So... When did she realise that she had to file for bankruptcy? When it was really clear that that was kind of the only option because there was just a lot of debt had been built up in the company, more than, I'm ashamed to say this, but actually more than I realised. There was a, a lot more than I realised in the in the business. And I remember realising it that, that it was my only option and I was 35, I think, and understanding that it would impact my credit score for six years and you know I wanted to know all of the the impact the possible impact and there was nothing that anyone could tell me that was worse than the situation I was in then so it was like okay you won't be able to buy a house for six years okay I'll be 41 42 I can just about cope with that you won't be able to do this you won't be able to do that you won't be able to adopt was one of the things that came up you know just be really careful like if it turns out whatever you won't be able to like all of these things and there was nothing that anyone could tell me that was worse than the living situation that I was in kind of day to day at the time and the chaos and the the impact all around me. So it's, well, it's a very depressing process, but it's actually depressingly easy. You pay £750, I think it was at the time, to go bankrupt, which is bizarre because you're doing it because there's no money available, but you're paying £750 you sign some documents. There's a lot of paperwork, to be fair. My uh, accountant did a lot of it. A lot of mine was HMRC debt, so that's taken really, really seriously. So I had quite a lot of conversations around that. And then it kind of all goes quiet. The process is a year. So in that year, you can't be a director of a company. Obviously, it's still, it hasn't been discharged. So you can't apply for any credit. You can't, you know, there's all kinds of impacts in terms of that. From the day that you go bankrupt, it's then six years that it's on your credit file. So it's literally just in the last kind of 18 months that I've been able to confidently apply for any credit or you know have like get a mortgage again we've only just got a mortgage last year so the impacts are I think a lot of people look at it as a kind of easy way out and yeah like a bit of a cowardly way out but the impacts are huge on in actual terms but mentally as well that guilt and shame that you carry around is um is really far-reaching 
It was horrific. I was on the strongest antidepressants. I don't even remember it. I honestly don't. Like, my husband talks about it now and he says, you know, those, like, periods of... There was just weeks where you just wouldn't get out of bed. And I was like, was there? I don't remember that. I don't remember that at all. I remember... This is really bleak, but I remember being scared to walk to our Tesco because I had to go over a bridge that went over train tracks. And there were so many times that I'd just stand there and think, God, this would be really easy, wouldn't it? That would be, like, really easy. Then it's it's all gone. It was horrible, really, really horrible. And balancing how you feel mentally with... The impact of, you know, I had family money in there, had family relationships that were really, really impacted by it. I still don't, me and my brother still don't talk as a fallout from this, you know, 10 years ago, which is really sad. So you're kind of dealing with all this internal stuff and then also feeling a bit guilty for feeling sorry for yourself because it's impacted so many other people. I think one of the things that really stood out to me and I've, always remember but tried not to be in a bitter way just in a real kind of realist way is the week following everything happened you're you're kind of you're surrounded by people you know things are going really well you're surrounded by people and then that week it was really stark to me that I was like my phone's not ringing anymore you know I was like guys guys like where is everyone you know and it's yeah definitely not from a bitter point of view feeling used but I think it's just a really stark reminder of human nature I suppose isn't it and how people are attracted to so-called successful people so yeah it was tough like I say a good year before I had uh, a solid business idea I had we, I didn't get a job. My dad was like, are you going to get a job now? Are you just going to go and get an, a sensible job? I was like, nope. <laughs> but so I, I was doing stuff. My God, we were like buying furniture off Gumtree and selling it. And I was like making cakes and doing markets. And we, I was doing all sorts just to kind of get by. But it was, yeah, a, a good year, I would say, before I had my, my next kind of decent business idea that, that went on to be anything. Amanda has bounced back from these exceptionally difficult experiences, but I wanted to know how you dust yourself off after something like this. What do you need to recover your confidence again? Time. Like, time is a cliche, isn't it? But time is such a great healer. It was ages before I even wanted to pick up a self-development book or listen to a podcast telling me about how I should you know feel motivated and inspired and I just wasn't in that place at all so lots of active relaxation I'd had periods of mental health uh, issues before like in my corporate job and I I was trying to think back to like what helped me then what helped me feel better I just want to I don't it wasn't even thinking I just want to feel like me again it was more I want to know that I will feel like me again one day it was like I needed that hope to keep me going I, I kind of needed to feel like I was being punished in a way and feeling like crap was okay because of that I know so much more now you know it, was so, it feels like such a different time of my life and 
now you know try and exercise and eat well and know I know how to deal with my my own mindset I went through a lot of a real period of time of really focusing on my mindset and doing all those things I'd always kind of laughed about before and that was the real transformation for me but it definitely took a while to get there of just just the basics just time sleep walking fresh air you know I think my key learnings are, I'm not going to say it's okay to fail, but if you're going to go through that, you have to take those learnings. One is like, know your numbers, know the detail. Even if you're not a detailed person, don't start a business because you have to be. There's no getting away from it. Yeah, you need accountants and people in the business, but ultimately... If you want the privilege of running a business and employing people and, you know, everything that goes with it, you have to know the detail. It's not good enough to say I'm not a detailed person. And having good people around you, you can't do it all, you know, you can't do everything. So having good people around you and really playing to your strengths, I think that's... There was this phrase that I heard afterwards that really rung true that I can do anything, but I can't do everything. And I think when you are entrepreneurial and it is your business and it makes sense that you kind of can do a bit of everything that's in your business because you started it, but that doesn't mean that you can do it all or that you should do it all. I just want to say that it does get better and whatever situation you are going through and I know everyone's is so different and it can be so complex, you can use all of that to spur you on and you can use all of that experience to create something bigger and better and you know more fulfilling and more impactful if that's what you want I know a lot of people are put off for life and do kind of you know go uh, into a so-called normal job but yeah just it does get better there is light at the end of the tunnel and it will be something that will become a strength like your story will become your superpower and will will become something that will spare you on and can also really help other people wow what a story and some great lessons in there you've been listening to our bite-sized series dedicated to failure at the time it can feel crushing like there's no way out but as amanda says with enough time you can heal from the failure and it will actually become a strength We'll be back next week with another bite-sized episode diving into someone's biggest career failure. If you like what you heard, please follow us in your podcast app and share the episode with someone who needs to hear it. See you next week. Here at Mindset Win, we want to give you the tools to become better at what you do. Taking inspiration and wisdom from our guests, we will hear stories, strategies, tips and tricks told by leading names in sport and beyond who know what it takes to get to the very top there will be two episodes each week packed with amazing stories and practical takeaways for us all to follow search for mindset win on youtube and on your favorite podcast app